Okay, so I came across this video that is put out by The Root. The Root is supposed to be, you know, like a credible, like black issues oriented network. Very influential. And this video was put out by The Root Institute, setting the agenda for black America's future. So, it's about unpacking the attacks on critical race theory. Now, frequently, when we're discussing critical race theory, we are told, stop listening to Fox News, stop, you know, repeating right-wing talking points, you're wrong, you don't know what you're talking about, that's not what we teach, that's not critical race theory. So, as you'll see, and I'll give the link to the original video in the description for this one, again, as I always do, that... They, at the end of it, point out that the purpose of this video is to clarify what critical race theory is and what it's not. I'm not going to include the entire video, but you can go watch it if you want. But the point is, this is not just some right-wing fringe whatever. This is the root, and the professor that they bring on to talk to about this is Brittany Cooper who is a professor at Rutgers in the Department of Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies, of course. Associate Professor, Education is a PhD in American Studies, BA in English and Political Science. Research interests, Black women's intellectual history, Black feminist thought, hip-hop feminisms, hip-hop studies, race and gender representation in popular culture, digital feminisms, and new video or new media. Um, it gives her biography here. I'll provide this information as well. The point is, oh, well, let's go through her courses. <laughs> she offers hip hop, hip hop, the birth and evolution, black feminism, black intellectual thought, issues and problems in women's studies research, introduction to women's studies, uh, bringing rec, women, hip hop and feminism, and also at Emory University, Black Women Writers, Introduction to American Studies, uh, Freshman Composition, Writing as a Practice of Freedom. So she's legit and she's been on TED Talks, you know, and she says over the course of this conversation that she teaches critical race theory in her classrooms. So let's take a moment and look at what they said. And again, I'm just doing all this to establish this is not a right-wing source. This is not Fox News. This is not Donald Trump. This is not any of that. This is the root. And this is the professor that they're interviewing. Let's have a look. Hello and welcome to today's episode classroom in the root institute today we're going to be talking about critical race theory with one of the preeminent scholars and thinkers in i was going to say black america but in america as a whole Brittany cooper who needs no introduction everyone knows miss cooper from you know her writing her activism miss cooper could you tell us give us a background on you know your understanding and your studies of critical race theory yeah. Um, thanks, Michael. Um, it's a pleasure to, to chop it up with you. You know, 
Um, you're such an important thinker on these questions. And so I consider that a real treat. And you're also hilarious. And so, uh, you know, you make me laugh out loud and, you know, you have this amazing ability to like, you know, break shit down in Twitter feeds in ways that I appreciate. I don't know if we can cuss, uh, but I am a cussing professor, so I'm going to do my best. Uh, in terms of critical race theory, so there's a couple of things to say about it, right? One is that it grows out of a movement in the 1970s of a group of largely white lefty attorneys called critical legal theorists who were like, we need to think about rights discourse and we think of, we need to think about the way that the law is actually shaped by social structures. And so we shouldn't see the law as just like a you know, a neutral sort of rule of law thing that is objective and that works the same for everybody. And so the critical race theorists led by Derek Bell uh, at Harvard and some other folks, uh, inclu including uh, Kimberly Crenshaw, who was a law student at Harvard at the time, um, and who we most well know because she created the term intersectionality, they come along with this critique and they say, look, y'all gotta be able to talk specifically about race because isn't it just like the white left uh, to wanna have a, a broad critique of structures, social inequality, class problems, and then not to wanna talk about the major elephant in the room, which is race. So the critical race theorists sort of show up in the early 1980s and they say, we need to think about the way that racism affects how the law is practiced. One of the things that's most interesting about Derrick Bell is that he says, look, racism is a permanent feature of American life. It is not going away. And I think that that is super interesting because we, I think it's a question that we should ask ourselves more often. Like, what do we believe about racism? Do we think that it's actually a thing that can be conquered? Do we imagine a world in which it doesn't exist? Or do we do like many critical race theorists and say, this country was built on racism. Racism is going to exist as long as America exists. Um, and so knowing that, then how do we sort of, you know, situate our struggle? Um, and so that is like one of the core questions whenever I, you know, teach critical race theory in my college classroom in particular uh, that I try to have with students, which is what is their view about what is going to, you know, about what we do about racism and are they of the more liberal view that we can legislate it away and we can march it away or do we think white people are going to just always be like this and our job is to like hold back their ability to do the most harm. Or... White people always gonna be like this, and what do we do to prevent them from doing the most harm? Like, so what the theme that you're gonna see frequently from this professor kind of proves that the the lady from Yale, who I also did a video series on, um, who went to Yale to just say white people bad this, white people bad that, and I'm fantasizing about shooting them in the head, and you will get some talk about how they need to take out white people in this video, um, is that that's not a random occurrence, that the lady who did gave the talk at Yale was not just some random nut job, that that's the communication that's being had behind the scenes by these people, you know, and that, and more in particular, that we are going to say that all white people do X, Y, or Z, all white people participate in X, Y, or Z, that all white people are on the hook for things that happened that other white people may have done. Like this, this is all just sheer racism. The entire notion that you can suggest that there, 
you know, that someone's race is the fundamental determinant of their traits and capacities, etc., 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 is racism. If you were to ever have a conversation wherein you spoke about any other race in this context, it would be understood to be racist. Let's continue. Kids actually can grasp critical race theory because the issue that the right has is that critical race theory is just the proper teaching of American history, right? It's literally saying like, y'all didn't discover America, people were already here, white supremacy is a farce and you have committed acts of violence in order to make yourselves seem superior. Kids get that, right? And what these folks are really doing is trying to say, they, they actually, aren't mad because critical race theory is just a theory. They are mad because critical race theory is an accurate account of American history and they can't stand up under the weight of what that means for a white supremacist project if we actually begin to have real honest conversations about it. Thank you for introducing where I was going with this uh, subject is what it would look like if they were actually teaching critical race theory because, you know, as you alluded to earlier, one of the things that critical race theory says, it, first of all, it dismantles the perception of racism that, uh, you know, they, they try to, the way they try to define racism is like it's a, uh, a product of hate and animus. And if there's no hate and then there's no animus and white people don't hate black people, then there is no racism. So a white person can necessarily say, I don't feel any animus against you in my heart, so I can't be a racist. And well, yeah, because if you don't hate someone for their race, you're not a racist, period. But this is another example of the whole 1984 play on words. They need to change the definition so that we are always guilty of witchcraft, no matter how we plead our case. You know, witchcraft being an analogy, obviously. So you also notice that she said kids could absolutely learn critical race theory. So the notion that supposedly children can't get it, it's all nonsense. They, they, they know exactly what they're doing. So what do you think about, what, why do you think, like, aside from that fear of racism being dismantled, do you think that this accurate representation of history can occur without white people necessarily being upset? Like, is there anything in racial, the racial history of America that white people have allowed to progress without pushback? Look, I think that white people are committed to being villains in the aggregate, right? But what? Okay. White people are committed to being villains in the aggregate. What is racism again? A belief that race is the fundamental you know, determinant of human traits and capacities. So how is that not just racism? This is critical race theory, folks. Don't forget, this is your expert. This is on the route. This is not on Fox. This is an expert professor from Rutgers University who teaches critical race theory, saying that white people are committed to being the villains on aggregate. Just how, <laughs> this just speaks for itself. 
This is not some fringe weirdo. This is a professional professor who gets paid to teach this stuff. We're going to talk for a moment um, in, a, in just a bit about what they mean by an accurate depiction of history, too. Real sort of issue here, and I, you know, I've heard people sort of say it, is one, I think that white people viscerally fear. It's not that white people don't know, right, what they have done. They know. They fear that there is no other way to be human but the way in which they are human, which is to, so you know, like you talk to white people and whenever you, you really want to have a reckoning about it, they say stuff like, you know, it's just human nature. If y'all had all of this power, you would have done the same thing, right? And it's like, no, that's what white humans did. White human beings thought there's a world here and we own it. Prior to them, black and brown people have been sailing across oceans, interacting with each other for centuries without total subjugation, domination, and colonialism, right? Um, so I'm going to provide links to this in the description, along with many others. But this suggestion that she just made, remember, critical race theory is an accurate depiction of history that supposedly white people are uncomfortable with. As if people of color have never engaged in imperialism. And they absolutely have. There are several African kings who were known to be conquerors that made war on and conquered other African tribes for the purpose of domination and all the things that she claimed only white people do. So again, she's not a hack, supposedly. She's a professor, she holds PhDs, she teaches at Rutgers University, and she teaches critical race theory, and this notion that black people were perfect, peaceful, you know, individuals, you know, who were sailing across oceans, interacting with each other peacefully, before white people showed up, it's just bullshit. It's just not true. And I'm not saying that that makes black people any worse or better. I'm Native American, and I acknowledge that, for example, the Comanche were ruthless, ruthless conquerors. That's just, I mean, it's just reality that every race on this planet has engaged in that kind of despicable behavior. So, what she's saying is just absurd, and she's a professional educator, and she's teaching college kids this. We talked earlier about the 1619 Project. A woman won the Pulitzer Prize for a project that claims that the Revolutionary War was fought to preserve slavery, which is a flagrant lie. It's not true at all. Not in any way. Slavery went on in England well after that. There was no threat from the British Empire that they were going to liberate slaves. It's all a lie. And she won the Pulitzer for that. Not this professor, but the author of the 1619 Project. So again, I'm going to provide links. There are many African kings who engaged in imperialism in Africa. And it was the African kings who were engaging imperialism who would enslave the people that they conquered and then sell them into the Atlantic slave trade. Anyway, let's go. And one other brief point about that.
when you go to black supremacist sites, they openly brag about the mighty conquering kingdoms of Africa. It's not right-wing propaganda. And, and, and that's important to say. And so they do this thing where they say like how white people have done humanity, how they have acted as human beings is the way all of us act. So they think black people are gonna get them back. And I wouldn't be mad at the black people who want to get them back. I, but what I, what I believe about black people is that we have seen uh, what a what a shit show this iteration of treatment of, of other human beings means, and that my hope is that we would do it differently. You know, in the moments when we have some power, we will not do it perfectly. But I do think that all of us can sort of agree that a politics that says like there are superior and inferior human beings just isn't the way to go. And that's the thing that white people don't trust us to do because they are so corrupt. You know, their thinking is so morally and spiritually bankrupt about power that they can't let, you know, they fear viscerally, existentially letting go of power because they cannot imagine that there's another way to be. It is either that you dominate or you are dominated. And isn't it sad that that, that is spiritually who they are and that they can't imagine a sort of more expansive notion of the world? Now, some of you may remember me sharing this earlier. This is a now deleted social media post that was a subject of a lot of controversy that was posted by a Black Lives Matter organizer from Ontario. Whiteness is not humanness. In fact, white skin is subhuman. All phenotypes exist within the black family. And white people are a genetic defect of blackness. White people have a higher concentration of enzyme inhibitors that suppress melanin production. They are genetically deficient because melanin is present at the inception of life. Melanin is directly linked to fertility and the human reproductive system. Melanin is directly linked to strong bones. Melanin is directly linked to the strength of the nervous system. Melanin is directly linked to the strength of, sen of the senses, such as vision and hearing. Melanin is directly linked to the strength of neurosystems, affecting capacities like intelligence, memory, and creativity. Melanin enables black skin to capture light and hold it in its memory mode, which reveals that blackness converts light into knowledge. Melanin directly communicates with cosmic energy. This is why the indigenity of all humanity comes from blackness. We are the first and the strongest of all humans, and our genetics are the foundation of all humanity. Melanin is essential for the efficient performance of all body natural functions. Therefore, white people are recessive genetic defects. This is factual. White people need white supremacy as a mechanism to protect their survival as a people because all they can do is produce themselves. Black people, simply through their dominant genes, can literally wipe out the white race if we had the power to. It is why white supremacy as an imperial system thrives. It tries to control, suppresses and destroys our existence in blackness because we are a threat to the genetic annihilation of white people. Do you ever wonder how black people, after centuries of colonial violence, genocide, and destruction, no matter what systems uh, created to make us extinct, how we keep coming back? It is because we are superhuman. This literally just sounds like a Nazi 
basically glorifying the Aryan race and talking down about you know, about Jews. It, it it literally sounds exactly like that. So when she's con- you know you know and the funny thing is as this conversation continues, she's kind of careful not to say that white people are inferior directly, but there, within context of a lot of the other things she says, you get the impression that she acts like white people you know, just showed up later and were this inferior race to them and that all great things are actually linked directly to blackness. There is no answer that is sufficient. Like, the thing I want to say to you is we got to take these motherfuckers out. But Now, this is taken from my video, What is Racism? from the Taking Words Back series. And this is North Carolina University professor from African-American studies, uh, Dr. Kamau Kamban on C-SPAN. Said, I'm going to go out of bounds what, with what I have to say relative to what we've been talking about. Because we understood that we were in a war. And I want to emphasize that to you. We are in a war. I taught on the college level for a number of years at a so-called black college. And I'm down against black colleges. I'm going to tell you straight up because some of the madness that's going on in these schools. The other thing is that there's only one nigger on the planet. I never use that word. This is the first time I've used it. I don't even think that word. But there's only one nigger on the planet. And the nigger that's on the planet is the one that is destroying the water, the one that's polluting the air, the one that is exploiting people and resources. And the only nigger on the planet is the white man and the white woman. And then finally, I want to say that we need one idea. And we're not thinking about a solution to the problem. We're dealing with all these other things, but these are diversions from the solution to the problem. And we have to start to think about a solution to the problem so that these young brothers and sisters who are here now, who are 15, 16, and 17, are not here 25 years later talking about these same problems. Now, how do I know that the white people know that we are going to come up with a solution to the problem? I know it because they have retina scans, they have what they call racial profiling, DNA banks, and they're monitoring our people to try to prevent the one person from coming up with the one idea. And the one idea is how we are going to exterminate white people because that, in my estimation, is the only conclusion I have come to. We have to exterminate white people off of the face of the planet to solve this problem. Now, I don't care whether you clap or not, but I'm saying to you that we need to solve this problem because they are going to kill us. And I will leave on that. So we have to just set up our own system and stop playing and get very serious and not be diverted from coming up with a solution to the problem. And the problem on the planet is white people. Uh, be hard to follow that one. You can get as black as you want. I don't know if you can get that. I, uh... So a final solution, huh? Where have we heard that language before? But don't forget, supposedly he can't be racist because he doesn't have the power to do those things. 
That's what I ask in this video is, when does he become racist? Is it when he's talking about these things, or is it when he actually has the power to do these things? When does the transition take place? Is it when they're putting people on trains to cart them off to a concentration camp? Or, you know, and when you think about it, Antifa would attack a white person for saying things like that about black people just on the principle that they're even talking about it. But I cover that in that video. I'll leave a link to that in the, you know, the ending cards for this one. Now, if that guy just sounds like some random crackpot, a lot of the things he's saying don't really sound that different. Like, he's just a, a one step further from her, and she does try to dial it back that you can't just say, take these motherfuckers out. But you gotta ask yourself, if you're studying critical race theory, and these are the kinds of thoughts you have, how much more prodding would it take for you to reach the next level of radicalization to where you want to exterminate white people? It's a hateful ideology. It teaches that white people are villains, but want to be villains by the aggregate, as she put earlier. It teaches that white kids are born racist. I plan on doing a video about that later um, because a flyer was passed around at my school specifically trying to tell people that white kids and more specifically only white kids are racist, like just by their nature. And, you know, they, they go out of their way to say that. And I'll get into that later. But there used to be channels with, like, whole montages of this kind of stuff. But channels that expose black supremacists have a tendency to disappear. So, <laughs> and that's one of the reasons I have a bit shoot. So be sure to, you know, subscribe to my bit shoot if you haven't already. I've also been uploading everything to Spotify. Who knows how long that'll last. But let's continue. I know, but like, we can't say that, right? We can't say, like, I don't believe in a project of violence. I truly don't. Because I think in the end that our souls suffer from that. And I do think that some of this is a spiritual condition. So here is where I land most days about white people. Um, and I actually have been helping this by thinking about indigenous people, right? See, part of the challenge of, around whiteness is that it... It totally skews our view of everything, right? I gave this like TED talk about this some years back. And one of the reasons I was trying to think about it is like the, the world didn't start when white people arrived in America and tried to tell all the rest of us how things were going to go. There were people out here making worlds, Africans and indigenous people being brilliant and, you know, libraries and inventions and, you know, vibrant notions of humanity and cross-cultural exchange long before white people showed up being raggedy and violent and terrible and trying to take everything from everybody. And that's really important because... So this is the, the myth that goes behind this. And the funny thing is, is Thought Slime did a video that I've been planning to debunk called Know Your Fash. And one of the things that's supposed to be a sign of fascism is when somebody has a racial superiority belief. And what did she just say? That black people and indigenous people were already brilliant with libraries and technology and so advanced before white people showed up looking raggedy. You know, one of the things that always bothers me about this logic is that if they are really the supreme race, then why the hell were they conquerable? Why was it that the inferior raggedy race conquered them? And again, I don't think it's good that 
they were conquered or that anybody is conquered. But it, that's the, the part of the, the question that never seems to have a good answer, which in their, in their like imagination, their, you know, their, their dream delusional version of history where they were actually the superior race and everything good that, you know, has been in the world was through them. That's the part that somehow just gets lost, is that white people were inferior, less intelligent, less developed, and somehow managed to conquer the amazing superior race that is black people. It's just stupid. You know, I, I, it's, it's just as stupid when you listen to Ku Klux Klan members, you know, or Nazi skinheads try to imply that white people are superior to anybody else either. So anyway, let's move on. If we believe that history starts for us when white people drag us to these shores, then we can never get outside of the notion that this is going to be our existential struggle. Now, I don't think it's gonna be solved in our lifetime and maybe not even the lifetimes of a couple of generations of people to come after us. But I do fundamentally believe that things that have a beginning have an ending all things that begin end. White folks are not infinite and eternal, right? They ain't gonna go on for infinity and infinity. And that's super important to remember that white colonialism and imperialism has a beginning. And in my way of thinking about the world, that means it has an end. And so part of what we are trying to do is to imagine what, it, what are the steps that we must take to get to the other side of this very inconvenient you know, epochal interruption of like black and indigenous world making. This inconvenient sidetrack in, you know, black and indigenous world making that is whiteness. That if, if it weren't, you know, just this is just like a, you know, a mild like inconvenience to them on their path to domination and world superiority, I guess. Anyway, let's continue. I think what critical race theory does ultimately is try to show them like, oh, you can, you can have some of this too, right? Like it doesn't have to be, you killing yourself. In other words, this is the only way you will survive is through equity. Cause if you, if, if you succeed in turning the entire population of this country into people like you, they gonna kill you, bro. Like, you know, that's what I'm trying to tell them. Like, they can't, they should, their greatest fear should be that black people and non-white people in this country do not assimilate into the culture of this country because it's gonna kill them. Like, they, to become what white people are means that you're gonna have to be ruthless about your survival. And so, the worst thing that could happen is for for this country to keep seeing only through the lens of whiteness, right? Because yeah. if you only learn that the way to have a revolution is to kill all the people here, like we did in in 1776, and like we did in 1860, like what? Do you think that skewed version of history is going to do to those little children, right? That's right. Like, it's going to say, well, I mean, there got to be some blood there. 
so you heard the guy. Remember, this is a presentation done by The Root on what critical race theory does. And apparently, what critical race theory does is teaches us that if we tried to assimilate people of color into our culture, they would kill us. That, that's what critical race theory does. This is not Fox News. This is not Ben Shapiro or some other right-leaning network. This is a presentation by The Root with a professor who teaches critical race theory, and she is not refuting anything this guy says. <laughs> no, it's... Look, is what you said. I mean, they're wholly unoriginal. Like, white supremacy ain't got bars. It has no <laughs> bars, right? It, it has... It has no hit. It's terrible, you know, and I and I think of, you know, and because we black, it's always time for a good spades metaphor. And the thing that white people don't understand is that black people are the original tricksters. So white people come to the table and they like, we about to run the board. And what I know about black people is we'll be like, you know what? Fuck it then. We bid blind Neil. We'll need no books. We'll beat you with no books, right? Yeah. We, you know, th that is the essence of like that kind of black improvisation. Like, okay, so you want to win all the books, but what if we just flip that shit and be like we assume that you're going to lie cheat and steal and kill and try to take everything but in the end all you're gonna end up with is some is some books but we've out strategized you and that is the magic that i think black folks gotta sort of remember in the days when we are like when whiteness is unrelenting is that we 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 are the masters of improvisation it's like the ladies and gentlemen i bring you critical race theory thing that made me so happy with the TikTok protest against doing dances to like Meg's, you know, Megan the Stallion's new songs when they were like, we can show you better than we can tell you that y'all be taking our shit. Cause we just not gonna dance. We just, we, we not gonna dance. And when, they, and when black people didn't dance, there were no dances, not any worth talking about anyway. And so there is like this this brilliance, this brilliance where black people can sometimes just refuse, this brilliance where we can flip a thing on its head. Um, and, you know, that does give me joy and often leaves me on the floor. So all we have to do to prevent any more dancing from happening on this planet is for black people to stop creating dances. And all dances were created by black people including in time periods before black or white people encountered one another, apparently. This is critical race theory. This is an honest assessment of history that needs to be taught to your children. That when it comes to critical race theory and all the other stuff, you know, I, I think, first of all, I think they probably taught more people critical race theory then like, the, the end result is more people, a lot of white people, a, a bunch of white people didn't know that they didn't, weren't learning real history. Like they thought they were learning true history. They thought George Washington chopped down a cherry tree and that all of the slaves were huddled and happy, and, you know, singing those songs. And the reality is that now, just because of our resilience and because they're stupid, mm -hmm. people know now, even the most ardent anti-CRT people, right? 
they know now and it, that they don't really know history. They know that there is a, even if they're against it, they know that there is a version of history out there that doesn't include them. And that's the most beautiful and resilient thing about all of this. I mean, literally at no point during the course of my education in the 80s did I ever learn, like, learn or was I ever told that slaves were happily, like, happily singing in the fields. That's just horse shit. And it's one of the biggest problems with all of this is that they imply that we were not being taught black history before they came around and tried to introduce critical race theory. Now, if they mean that in order for everything to work out better, we need to be told false history, like that apparently no dances existed without black people, or that the 1619 Project says that the Revolutionary War was fought to preserve slavery, even though that's ridiculous, and that we need to be taught that you know, black people are in general are superior, you know, whether it's just that we kind of really subtly, you know, bring people to that conclusion or whatever. No, thanks. Not interested. And it's mostly because it's this is not just damaging to white people. It's damaging to people of color. I mean, I remember once reading in Ibram X. Kendi's book that there was a time period where he believed that white people were aliens and that's why they were so evil. He supposedly has since evolved past that. But again, these are the conversations that are taking place amongst themselves when they are discussing white people, when they are discussing critical race theory and what role it plays in our society. Yeah, I mean, look, in the end, you know, white supremacy is the most ridiculous theory of race that ever existed to begin with. And that's really all that a critical theory of race suggests is that that's the thing. White supremacy is not history. It's not fact. It's not what actually is true. White people are not supreme. They are not superior. They are not better. And as we said, they are not original. But what they did was they you, they just created a theory about how they thought the world worked. And then they literally browbeat, enslaved, chained, shot, killed, drowned raped, you know, and, and essentially subjugated a whole planet to make their theory true. That is, and that is the thing that they are learning. They ain't mad because critical race theory is untrue. They mad because it's true. They're mad because it, it exposes with stunning clarity and sort of clear, like, uh, incisive clarity as well just how ridiculous and absurd the idea that people who arrived on the planet millennia after black and brown folk had already been here that they are the superior one it's completely absurd right and so white supremacy is completely absurd racial theory being propagated to us as history and that's you know you know as the kids say you know no cap right like that's the shit is that white supremacy is all cap big cap all the time it's just a complete and total lie um that all of yeah. us have been forced to understand as history uh and ain't nothing historical about it before we arrived on the planet I guess she, like Ibram X. Kendi, believes we're aliens or something? But again, this is critical race theory. Supposedly not racist, not about hating white people or disparaging people. It's not about teaching your kids who happen to be white to hate themselves. It's not about teaching your kids of color 
that they should hate white kids. You know, it, it's just history, guys. You know, it's history with a bunch of embellishments, falsehoods, and exaggerations. But, you know, it's history. It's like Frederick Douglass was out here tricking the, the 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 white kid that lived on the plantation with him to teach him the letters, right? Oh, oh, I you know, I bet I can learn it better than you. And the white boy would be like, you can't learn what an A is. And Frederick Douglass was like, hey, you know what I mean? Like, we're just, yeah. I mean, they're not even smart. They're not even smart. White people are not even smart. But... Also, you know, I think about it in this moment, and I think we just have a responsibility to say this thing too. It is um, the uh, the Mather family, Cotton Mather, Richard Mather, all them up in New England in the 1600s. They had a smallpox epidemic. Ibram Kendi talks about this in his book. They're, the slave who they named Onesimus after the slave in the Bible survived the smallpox epidemic. And, and so one of the Mather dudes comes to him and says, I heard that you got like a secret way of surviving smallpox, right? And he's like, oh yeah, back in my village, you know, we used to inoculate people by making a little cut in the skin and giving people a little bit of dip of the, of the, of the virus of the infection, and then they would build up immunity. We introduced inoculation to this country. We introduced the concept of vaccination to the New Englanders who were being taken out by their own diseases. And so it is so amazing to me that we have arrived at a moment where black people are like, we gonna get on board with vaccine skepticism. No, 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 no. Critical race theory tells you in its proper account of history that our own people, because, and, you know, and then, you know, I think it was Richard Mather. He says to Onesimus like, well, where did you learn this? And, you know, Onesimus said, oh, we've been doing that for hundreds of years. Like it wasn't even no, no, no. It was old science and old medicine. Our people introduced the idea and then in classic white people fashion you know a couple hundred years later then a scientist shows up and rediscovers that you can inoculate people against the diseases but no 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 and so black people are the originators of so much that is good of so much that saves lives and sustains new kind of projects um, and that is the thing we got to know, even as we sort of engage these folks, that they ain't giving us medicine and science they invented. We invented it. And part of if critical race theory can do anything for black people, it can help us to reclaim our own heritage, our own power, our own sense of the ways that our life giving strategies have sustained this project that has been so unworthy of us. And that's why white people are afraid of us until they need us. Um, so I'll drop a link to this in the description, but I did some research into her claims here. And the concept of inoculation actually comes from early China. So it wasn't white people and it wasn't black people either. But there's a difference between inoculation and vaccines. The, there was a, a white inventor who, like, I guess, created the concept of what a vaccine is, and vaccines are safer than inoculation. Just like dabbing a little bit of somebody's diseased skin or whatever and then exposing it to your own blood can theoretically expose you to a tiny amount of the disease and then inoculate you. But the risk of getting it, of killing you is much higher than actually just getting a real vaccine. What irritates me about this is is not that there, you know, that there's some like I'm not offended, like if, if a black person came up with vaccines or whatever. It's just that they're lying. It's just not true. 
you know, uh, if Chinese medicine has always been fantastic and they have a lot of like different, you know, remedies for things even now. But but the point is, is that I, I don't want to have to decide because, OK, let, let, let me clarify. When you look at things through the lens that black people, by virtue of being black, did this, innovated this, created this, and that white people because they're white, could not do this or invent this or understand this. This is the core, totally racist thought that, that they're spreading. That it's by virtue of being black, that that's a supremacy attitude. It's just as supremacist as the Aryan nation, the Nazis, you know, the, the KKK. It's the same concept. When you suggest that black people collectively are responsible for every good thing, and then you also suggest, somehow, that black people collectively are not responsible for any of the negative things that people of color have done, like FBI crime statistics, for example, your logic is not consistent. And to be clear, as I said in my video about the truth about police shootings, while the crime statistics do prove to there being a cultural issue within the black community that is leading to more violent crime, it's not genetic. It's not racial. It's racist to make comments about an entire race and like, you know, their collective guilt or responsibility for things done by people who just happen to have the same level of melanin or skin tone. That's backwards, ignorant thinking that is now being pumped into our education system and being treated as if it's wise, it's new wisdom, new information that is superior to our previous understanding of things. When the reality is, it's simply and a supremacist ideology repackaged with blackface. So why can't they just talk about the legitimate black scientists like Charles Drew, who developed the um, technology that we need in order to be able to give people blood transfusions. Why can't we just talk about George Washington Carver? Why, why do we have to invent stuff? You know, and when I was taught about George Washington Carver, like, he, I literally would read more books about him because I thought he was a hero. I didn't care that he was black. It wasn't relevant to me that he was black. He was an American scientist, and he was brilliant. There's nothing wrong with that. But they got to make stuff up like they, they need to frame it in a direction that leads to supremacist thinking. So to wrap it up, let's take a listen to again. What is it that they were trying to accomplish here with this talk? I want to thank you for sitting down and, and having this conversation with the Root Institute and kind of teaching people what CRT is and what it's not most of all. And so make sure you watch the rest of the videos on during the root institute so there you have it folks that's what this was about teaching people what crt is and what it's not i bring you critical race theory according to the root and Brittany cooper professor at rutgers university please share the hell out of this video because this utterly dismantles so many lies being told right now about this. Thank you. Consider supporting my work on Patreon, Subscribestar, 
or PayPal, you can visit my website, v-radio.us.